I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Happy Friday. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for making us part of your Friday afternoon. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyla Brown behind the glass. You can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions, score predictions for the weekend. We'll take them all. Uh, we got this on the chat line, Gus. Plainview guy walking his dog, met Steve Martin, and he put a card in his collar. Oh, in the dog's collar. Okay, nice. I like that. That's uh, cool. <laughs> this on the chat line, you got to eat the worm for tequila to work. Um, Medicinal. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, here's a prediction from Robert. How about uh, both conference championship games, both road teams winning 24-20, Detroit a winner and Kansas City winner for Robert? Ooh. Uh, This on the chat line, if the men finish 7-6, and is that enough to get at least a share of the Big 12 title and then biggest threats so if you go seven so 11 and seven i don't think it is i don't either i i I can see a big 12 champion one being shared i mean that's not going to be the just the craziest thing this year i see houston getting to seven awesome i i just think that number is going to be closer to four or five yeah personally that's i i (laughs) completely agree with you there four or five would be what i would guess and and i'm saying that as i would think it's that for houston Mm -hmm. now Houston gets to play Kansas two more times. Um, yeah, and it, I, if I have it right, they go to Lawrence first. Yep, and then right. and then the return trip back to Houston. I don't remember is Houston. <clears throat> look, is Houston? Um, uh, Houston. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> is the yep. I'm looking for uh, looking for what Houston plays. What's left? Do they do Baylor twice? Okay. Is what I'm getting at. Um, no, they just have Baylor the once this year. So they're two first. They have Cincinnati twice. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they'll have UC, the way, UCF was one that they not had bad. twice. This no. time next year, next year, this time next week, we'll be talking about them because we'll be on the <clears> eve of eve of our uh, matchup with them. And and I think they've lost four games by a total of like twelve points in Big Twelve play, something like five games, something whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you look at it, go oh, they're two and four or whatever, and like, hey, that thing's. You see them in person, like they got their their size and all the things, you know, like that's that's a. They're a little bit scary because. And I'm not saying the team's going to do this, but I think a lot of people around here are just going to chalk, you know, that's a win right there. And this is a win. Like, hey, that that Cincinnati team's dangerous. I'm just telling you. They're, I mean, they're what makes the Big 12. Yes. What, what makes the Big 12 the Big 12? Because, yes, the top end um, can be and is spectacular and can be a threat 
not just to win the conference, but to make a deep run to the Final Four. And you have those year in and year out. But what makes the Big 12 extra lethal is that all four newcomers, um, to me, I would say surprisingly all four, are legitimate teams. And that's where like it, it makes it such a battering ram every single week because even though when it's all said and done, you know, your UCF or your Cincinnati most likely um, is going to be finished towards the bottom end of the Big 12, but they can't, you know, knock a few heads. You know, they can no. knock a few heads on the way. And um, the the fact that – and I look specifically at those two schools um, between – because we all knew Houston was going to come in and be really good because Houston's been good for a while. BYU has a track record of success, albeit in a worse conference – um, but I, I, I guess I still didn't expect the level that BYU was, and I never thought that they would rise in the net and be anywhere close to that like they were, but no. I thought that they would be okay in the Big 12. I, I did not think that UCF and Cincinnati would jump in and even remotely be able to swim with the Sharks, and they beat a couple Sharks each. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that to me is just what makes... The conference so brutal is 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 it's the, the it's the top end is is great but the top end's always great it's that there's yes there's oklahoma state but even like the the non-defined middle to whatever you want to call the bottom of the big 12 um they're gonna beat everybody like everybody beats everybody i wonder if in this league and and the, what the math of the net ranking is such that could let's say byu goes seven and 11 all right mm-hmm. not out of the question i'd be a little I, I don't think they will but let's just say because they're they're still hovering in the top 10 in net ranking i wonder what's going to happen if they're 17 in the net ranking and seven and 11 in conference play i wonder if they're still if 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 the committee believes in the net ranking so much that they go yeah, but 7-Eleven in that league is still better than, you know, mm-hmm. all these other things. And if if that net ranking carries juice, because there's always been sort of RPI outliers, like, yeah, we know they're at 47, but they're really good, or flip it. And that's what I'm really talking about here. The team that's got a higher net ranking, but the record doesn't, like, it, it's not reflective of it. I'm sorry, I said net ranking there, I meant RPI. Yeah. I, I'm curious how this is going to go. Because BYU's got some losses here, but like, like, how's it gonna? How's the how's net gonna handle it if Texas Tech is at thirty, mm-hmm. and we're eleven and seven, and the net ranking has BYU at seventeen, and they're seven and eleven? And again, I don't know how, because I don't know, I don't know what. Which you you would think just from the numbers, if 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 you get to those two specific records that you just threw out, that that net would. If it would completely that, 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 flip, that, that would get flipped. I've just been but, a little but bit. still, if they're hanging around in the 30s, right, and and they're uh, placed in there, where if you went just off that and you just went, okay, you know, of course you have your your factors of conference mm-hmm. tournament champions and automatic bids and stuff like that, but still in that number, you would think, you know, mathematically, if you just went one through, I guess, 68, not 64, that they would be totally in, but. Then you're going to hear the outcry of, oh, they have a losing conference record. But but some and maybe in it's this may, conference, maybe yeah. it's not BYU. Somebody is going to be in that boat, right. right? And that could be your Cincinnati or or something like that. Hopefully that it's is, not us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully it's not us. Uh, 
Um, it, and on the, one hand, someone's going to go like, well, look at our look at our net, look at the conference sure. we played in, and then you're going to have a school that's probably in line, like on that bubble with you know, say like a Big Ten school right. or an, or a, a ACC, whatever it is, going okay, yeah, but. You know, we may be lower in the net, but we at least went, you know, twelve and whatever in our conference. Sure. And and that's that's, that's the fun conversation we have every single year when it gets to selection that's Sunday. That's where the quad one yeah. wins and all that thing. That the in the quad one terminology and all that, that stuff's been part of the lingo for years. That mm-hmm. that one has specifically. By the way, Houston still has two games with Texas. They still have two games with Kansas, still have two games with Cincinnati. Uh, they get the return game of Iowa State. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Um, actually, they have two games with Texas as well. What I say? Texas, Baylor, Cincinnati. Yeah. Got each Oklahoma school and then Kansas, two games with them. So, yeah, they've... Uh, so, we, we have this question. There's some teeth still left to that schedule, but I, oh, I yeah. still don't see them with more than about five losses, and I don't know who challenges... I don't know who can go on that kind of a heater... To not drop any more games, uh, maybe that's Kansas. But you know, you and I—you've you, watched them closer than I have, and, and they've—they've they've got some flaws, hard to see. But they've also got two of the best. They'll probably have two All Big Twelve players, and maybe the Conference Player of the Year. I think in the Big Twelve, I, I think Kansas has the best starting five in the league right yeah, now. That's true. The problem is, the problem is, is whenever they get to that under twelve in the first half. And they start subbing people out. Mm-hmm. Like watch their games; they, they get caught every single time. What you know, they've won, they've lost. But you look and and you get into the second half too, and and they don't have the legs to it. So that's where, like, I I, I don't to your point. Yeah, I don't think that they can do that because who's, I don't think they have the bodies for it. Who's their point guard? Dwan Harris. From yeah, he hadn't been great this year, right? I, he's been. I mean, he's leading the conference in assists. Okay, but right. I, it. Maybe I'm thinking of points and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, they're still they're still Kansas and they're still scary. But yeah, I hear you. I don't know that they're beating Houston twice. But to, yeah, to answer the question though, I mean Houston's the leader in the clubhouse for the the Big Twelve threat this year. And unfortunately, we got a front hand experience to that a couple of weeks ago. But I will say though, Houston though, a couple of losses to start. So if you're looking forward to them not winning, at least you have that riding on it. We'll see what happens the rest of the way out. It's a long conference season. Up next, it's back in time. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantec Roofing and Construction. Solving life's mysteries one at a time. There's a Dabo Sweeney. I'm pouring gasoline on myself and set myself on fire on the 50-yard line. You can guarantee it. There's a Dabo Sweeney. I'm pouring my arm off and taking that contract fracture and beating the hell out of myself. This is Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. It's funny that you played... The very upset Alabama fan who certainly did not want Dabo Sweeney and got his wish with Kalen DeBoer instead uh, in that soundbite. Because I saw <laughs> the video of uh, Nick Saban. He's on the uh, he's on the old beach trying to boogie board, and it was not going well. <laughs> the tide was actually rolling. 
Nice. Uh, but he's trying. He's trying to have fun. I just, he seems like, I know he's the one who hung it up. It just, I, I've always thought that Nick Saban would just coach forever. And maybe that is a telling side of all the new things that you have to do as a coach. And don't get me wrong, he clearly adapted. Clearly adapted and still had success and could have continued to have success had he wanted um, had he wanted to stay and could have stayed at Alabama until he died. Like, yep. um, but uh, but maybe, maybe it is a, just a telling sign of just how, well, it's clearly a taxing job, but how even much, much more taxing it is uh, with every new year and every, I guess, yeah. way we kind of inch into the NIL world and I all that mar- stuff. Yeah, I Transfer sort of portal and marvel at those dudes that have made the transition to this world and are doing, you know, him. And of course, he was highly successful, but again, to his credit, because there's been a lot of change around him, like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still whipping you dudes at the new game. Yeah. It's 70 years old. I'm I'm curious how long like Ference has at Iowa over there. Because no. again, another guy that even though he had kind of this nepotism stuff that was going on and was almost forced, which I don't know how you weren't, but forced <laughs> into a change for an offensive coordinator because the offense has been just so bad. But again, your defense has been fantastic and Iowa has won a bunch of games. Um but I just it it just seems like when you look into that kind of wear and tear, and Iowa maybe is a different case because it's not quite that program when you think of the the NIL world dominators, and 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 I just can't imagine him giving in to like the flash of, you know, you have all of these recruits that come now, and you've got like you've got like Brian Kelly dancing with a quarterback recruit in a video that he doesn't even get, like stuff like that. And so I'm I'm just curious how how much longer like he has in the tank. And yeah, it is Iowa, I so maybe no one else really cares, but I, agree. I certainly do. Just from an interest level. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I and I sort of marvel marvel at the for all the all the crap he takes. Um you know, like there they are knocking out nine wins again. <laughs> Ten wins. You know, I mean, they're they're not among the nation's elite, but they're pretty dang good, like all the time yeah i mean mean, like because they've become this sort of there's an aspect of it that's sort of this punchline and all but like hey he wins with this style like he wins by turning things over to defense and special teams and being uber conservative offensively and all that and And not caring if you have the most exciting no i I get it it's certainly not that but i get it i'm just i'm just saying there's a lot of programs that are looking around wanting the same win total yeah, the, they've had the, over there. And again, the way they're sort of punchlined and the way we hear about it just sort of in the narrative, you know, on social and whatever else, is like you'd think these dudes are peeling off four and eights and five and sevens every year and that guy needs to go. And then you're like, crap, they're seven and two, mm-hmm. you know. Now, are they running down Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State? Probably not. But they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. still. It's they're, it's they're in that middle tier. Now, yeah. I wonder as, 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 as yeah. you as you change you over there. I think Nebraska there in, would love to have what they have right now, which is amaz- an amazing thing to say that we wouldn't have said thirty <laughs> years ago. No doubt. Well, and, and I, I now the question is for them, for a program like that, as the Big Ten shifts, right? And, and you don't have kind of the benefit, uh, which still I, I think is part of it, the benefit of having uh, – to not have the Ohio State and Michigans and Penn State on your side of the conference because now it's wide open and you're not doing that and you're not doing east, west, north, south, 
leaders, legends, that, I, that sure. stuff. How much does that change? Because I would think it's going to be more difficult because you're about to see an uptick where maybe you're not always seeing like the, you know, leaning and banking on like the Illinois and stuff like that, that they've kind of feast feels like a strong word because it's not like they've been in the big 10 championship game every single year, but certainly a route to rack up some wins. So I'm, I'm very curious how, and that's, that's way down the ladder of things I'm interested about in next Mm-mm, year's college yeah. football no, uh, world, but it's an interesting thought. Uh, if it's not true love, if you haven't held her hair out of the toilet, that on the chat line, mm-hmm. Raiders dad said, to be fair to my current self, I'm not a degenerate anymore. I'm not Clint or Jamie, but I'm probably <laughs> also not Gus. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's funny. funny. I'm not, yeah. And, I, and I'm not that exciting, but... Apparently, I'm more exciting than uh, Clint or Jamie. <laughs> We're degenerates. I don't know what you're talking about. Jamie and I are. Uh, well, this on the chat line. Well, we have no chance to win since OU lost earlier this week. So some say, <laughs> LOL. I think that's ignorant. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen that, Uh, I guess, a couple of times here and there. I, uh, I, I mean, I look just with Oklahoma's matchup. I don't think it would have mattered if they would have won or lost um, because night in, night out in the Big 12, it's going to be tough regardless. Um, And I don't think I really preferred either way. Like, oh, would you have rather they won that game so they're riding high? Maybe, maybe not because I don't, I I don't want to, I guess if I had to pick one, it certainly wouldn't be against the team with momentum in the Big 12. (laughs) It's sort of what we, we sort of see what we want to see on this. Yeah. If, if, you know, if, if OU comes out and plays well, like, so, you know, it's like, well, there's only one of two outcomes. Oklahoma's <laughs> going to win or they're going to lose. And if they win, it fits this narrative. And if they lose, it fits that narrative. And it's yeah. like, well, that's, you know, the, it, you, you, you will sort of find out something about them if, if they can, you know, if, if there's some give and take in it in terms of their ability to go, you know, throw a punch after getting knocked out, or is this team about to get the air let out of their tires and they lose six in a row? Yeah. And, and I don't know the answer to that. I'm not, and, you know, it, we, we can go through history and find a, plenty of examples of both. We don't exactly know what that team is. And it's so early in big 12 play. And this is such a challenge. May not really know a whole lot about m- many of these teams, mm-hmm. especially a lot of these middle teams, but uh, you know, hopefully the red Raiders can keep finding a way to grind it out. And I would say this, and again, not something Coach Mack and those guys are going to say, but I'd I'd take one of the, a win in the either you know if you give me a one and one over these next two road games I'll take it you know because they're two tough athletic teams I mean they're two road matchups with with some bigger athleticism that feels like they're going to present some challenges to us but mm-hmm. hey you know I'm also here for us going two and zero oh. well that's what you know the the hey would you take this record yeah, over yeah. this time the the I talked about this a little bit earlier today. Like, would you take one and one over the next two road trips? Yep. I I I, I'd, I'd roll the dice because okay. I like it. I, I I do think you you could lose two games. Don't get yeah. me wrong, you could lose back to back games. But I also think that if you roll the dice in that conversation, that you have every right to beat both of these teams. You feel and, like and be two and zero. We're safe enough I, getting one of them. Yes, I like that. And, yeah. and and um. I'll I'll be disappointed if you go 
0 and 2 over the next couple. And, and again, is it crazy? No, but you can also be disappointed in um, that result. Um, I, I I look at Oklahoma and I look at TCU, and yes, they're road games, um, and yes, it's tough to win on the road in the Big Twelve. But I also look at what you do, and I, I for like Oklahoma, I actually think that you are a matchup nightmare. I like it for them, and so like TCU. They're up and down. I think they're very inconsistent. So there's nothing stopping you from going into Norman and then going into Fort Worth and rattling off a couple wins. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. Happy Friday. Get in all your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll get back to some more of those here in just a moment. And if you want to give us your score predictions for anything going on this weekend, we got a ton of it. We will take it there. Uh, Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown. We go to Kyler now for our play of the day. It's Bailey to her right, looks around, gets it to Freelon out on top, looking in the post. Merritt turns all the way, lays it up and in. Wonder if Jordan knows that. Down the lane, Blair all the way misses the bunny. The former Cougar, Jazz Lewis, with a rebound. She knows. Oh, it. Leading it out. There's Jordan all the way. There's a career high. She knew it. Jordan Merritt ended up popping off for 24 points as the Red Raiders beat the Houston Cougars. That's right. They'll be in action again tomorrow. Lady Raider basketball at home against TCU. One thirty start time. One oh seven seven. Yes, FM. Good opportunity for a quad one win as you're trying to build resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is also another reason. And, and Coach Gerlich kind of talked about this in her presser. Like, hey, you know, what, what's the importance of getting this game in? And that's one is having the opportunity to do that. And that is a winnable ball game. TCU. Even before kind of the injuries, I mean, they've had a loss to Houston. Um, they had, what, four or five losses there in a row, just two wins. Now they did win their last time out, except it was against UCF, who hasn't beaten anybody in conference play. And it was a struggle to kind of maintain that lead for them. So um, this is not clearly the same, you know, TCU team that started the year. Uh, and you've also played much better at home. So, yes, it's, it is great for the resume that you get this game in. Um, opportunity wise, and I mean, I I think you should walk out with a win. You disagree? No, they need it. I mean, the, you know, if this thing comes down to the the protect home floor thing, and uh, and their one home loss has been to you know a Texas team that's really really good, number four in the country in RP and in net ranking, you know, like up way up there at the top, and so. uh you know, maybe that one's forgivable, and maybe that one's offset by the Houston road mm-hmm. win. But somewhere in, you know, you got to protect against these other schools. You know, you just got to got to protect against these other teams. And you know, TCU's no different. They're a you know net ranking in the 30s, and and uh, just what you said, it's a it's a it's been a cool story. And the, at the very top end, they're pretty dang good, but. You know, somewhere in there, you got to be able to take advantage of a team with six scholarship players or whatever. I mean, somewhere in there, you got to be able to force, got to be able to impose your will on them a little bit, I would think. Uh, We got this from Dutch. Darian Williams will be Tech's X Factor this Saturday. Look how many times he made the key play when we needed it. 
Yep. Um, He's been very good. And the good thing about him too is that's a sophomore. Oh yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like as I as I see a lot of these guys, I'm thinking, man, you know, like have to figure out life without Warren Washington and Tucson, and just you know that this kind of the angsty thing you do all, every year is think about what next year's. Of course, in this day and age, it's probably comical of me to do that, showing mm-hmm. my showing my uh, age when you look at that, you know, all the juniors and sophomores and they'll go, oh, there, everybody's back. I'm like, man, this is 2024. 20, <laughs> I should know better than this. But <laughs> Darren Williams, a sophomore, makes me happy because mm-hmm. uh, that, that there's a lot more basketball in that dude that, that would pair up nicely with uh, Cambridge who's back and, you know, if that's – if and hopefully Pop and a couple of those other – and I think Kerwin and some of those guys have another year if they want it. And, you know, and so I, I mean – all, all I'm saying there, if, you, if if all of this stuff goes well, that that uh, there's a nice core coming back. And I I like you know to to Dutch's point because you've this is what I was saying like you you've had a rotation of guys depending on the game who've kind of stepped up and ev- everyone's made big play. Like you go to that Kansas State game, everyone made a play mm-hmm. here or there that that maybe went under the radar and. And whether it was like a hustle play or actually scoring or a defensive play. Um, and I think that speaks one to kind of the cohesion of what it seems like this team has so far. Um, but, you know, Darian Williams has had nights where he scored 14, 15 points uh, and been, you know, one of the leaders from a scoring perspective. Not to mention that, you know, he's a nine and six guy and just isn't afraid to do the dirty work and things like that. But then you've also had like a chance McMillan who will, will have a night that he scores two and then we'll have a night where, you know, he goes for 15 to 20 points uh, and, and pops off and is hot from behind the arc. And same thing with Kerwin Walton, where he'll have a night where maybe he doesn't score so much, but all of a sudden you look up and he's hit a few threes and he's in the double digit. And, and what I think is important though, with that is, in the the recipe, the equation of this roster is what you've got out of Pop Isaacs consistently. This mm-hmm. is just from scoring. Yep. Um. And and obviously scoring, you you need to do so much more in the game of basketball to win. Um. But you also need a guy who can get you a bucket and and be instant offense. And yeah. that's where Pop Isaacs has really taken that step. And we go back to the start of the year. He wasn't shooting the ball all that well. He was scoring, but you saw that as a developed part of his game where he's driving more and he would get to the rim, knew those some of those nights um, where he was just ice cold. And you know that shooting percentage was, was actually right. pretty lousy. And then now once you've gotten into Big 12 play, and this is what good scorers do is what they keep shooting the ball um, and has got himself back into – really good shooting form and is now just scoring in heaps and bunches. And you need a guy like that. Um, and then you have the guys around him like Joe Toussaint and Kerwin Walton and Darian Williams. Um, and so as far as like who will be the, you know, if you went on Saturday, that X factor, I would venture to guess, you know, your, what, what, what you've turned into in some of these wins, pop Isaacs has a good night scoring Warren Washington has a good night field goal percentage wise, and then does all the things outside of scoring that Warren Washington is excellent out, you know, being a motor guy, rebounding the ball for you, being an inside presence, deterring shots, all of those things. Um, And then that's what this team is kind of turned into. Okay. Well, who is going to be that 
quote-unquote X-Factor guy this game? Will it be a Darian Williams? Will it be a Kerwin Walton? Will it be a McMillan? You know, um, but that's, I feel like that's what your team has turned into. There's nothing wrong with that if you're winning games and you have won uh, four in the conference so far. So you'll take it. Absolutely. Not without uh, some stress and tension, though. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What do we think? about the idea that the winner of the NIT tournament should have an automatic bid the next year in the NCAA tournament the following year, (laughs) that would be a true Cinderella story. The thing that I don't like about this is to what you were saying with the transfer portal. Right. That team could be completely different. Yeah, in one way or the other. You could have a a team be a disaster or a team being a two seed. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, the, the other tough thing about it is, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, the cool thing would be if there was some aspect of a play in thing, although we sort of get that with the 68, you know, some Just of those games, but four. I know God, I, I, know. I, I should, I probably should not seethe over those four spots as much as I do. To bother you. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, coach is like, let's make it a hundred and fifty billion. Let's everyone's in the tournament. What's the point? What is the point? Uh, this from T Money eight oh six. So is there a Big Twelve champ and then a Big Twelve tournament champ? Um, yes. When everyone isn't playing everyone twice, makes the Big Twelve regular season champ kind of watered down and easier to have a co champ. Yeah, and and that and I answered that on the thing on the chat line, but yeah, that's a the. And this is the same as it always has been. Regular season champ, comp, postseason tournament champ, uh, postseason's one. And, and where it's s- sort of unfair is to those small small conferences because you have a team be really good through the conference deal. They get upset in the mm-hmm. tournament, and the you know the team that went eleven and seventeen gets the bid, and then their other one's twenty eight and two, and they're in the NIT or whatever. But in a conference like ours, it's not going to happen. Our regular season champ is getting in. But uh, think about next year, 16-team league to to get through the conference twice would involve a 30-team conference schedule. And I just don't th- – I mean, it, it'd be good for business, but I, I just don't – most coaches are going, hang on a minute now because <laughs> they're trying to keep <laughs> like, their jobs. If you, like if a Big 12 coach thinking about that, I think they would just start getting nauseous. Oh, my oh God, my yeah. Goodness. Can you imagine? Tech Talk on Double T97.3 and DoubleT97.3.com. Keep hitting us up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. We'll be back with more next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I would say I'm an uh, Arnie Palmy fan. You a fan of the uh, old Arnold Palmer? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not like knocking them back every week. It's like sure. a change of pace. Oh, I got you. Yeah. When I, when I think about it. Sure. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyla Brown behind the glass taking care of us. Uh, if you call the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973, Kyler will tell you what you should mix in with your tea. Could be lemonade. Could be something stronger. It is uh, the weekend. So here you go. Um, we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, Gus. It was great to see Sammy Hagar on PBS Discover Your Roots. You know what? I uh, 
I, I DVR'd that and look forward to seeing it. That's that's been a really interesting show over the years. I think this is what fourth or fifth season of that. But uh, I was fascinated to see Hagar's name pop up in there. There's been a lot of actors and athletes and stuff, but I thought wasn't wasn't expecting to see what the Red Rocker. Is that right? I think that's right. Sounds right. That's one of his nicknames. You know what? I uh, I had a buddy tell me that uh, we were texting about just the Eddie Van Halen born on this date, an R.I.P. But uh, correct. By the way, you nailed it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, he uh, and this friend of mine had not only seen uh, the final David Lee Roth tour, but had seen the first or the next tour with. With Hagar as lead singer, so like, dude, you're kind of, you're kind of, uh, you know, Van Halen royalty here with your stories, <laughs> legendary status. Um, hey, we got conference championship games this weekend, Gus. You can hear both of them on 100.7 The Score, AFC Championship at one, NFC Championship game at 5:30. Um, you can give us your predictions on the Ace Flooring Center chat line if you so choose. We had a couple earlier. Um, time to give ours. See what we think. See our uh, if we have our Nostradamus hats on, if they fit correctly. Um, let's start with the NFC, shall we? First, what do you make of, of this matchup? What are you looking at? You know, I, I hate that... Uh... I hate that uh, we're not getting this in Detroit just to just to watch. The, you know, not that they earned it. I mean, the Niners earned home field. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 Lions situation has been so much fun at home. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, but I, I uh, you know, this. I think the other little nugget of information that we're getting here in the last few minutes is. Uh, Good grief. Tell I'm tired. What's his name? Um are you looking for Debo? Yep, Debo's Daniel. back. Uh-huh. Like Debo's mm-hmm. not on the injury deal, gonna be gonna be in it, or at least that's the And he was practicing yesterday. Right. right. And I, I would just I would have a hard time seeing him sitting out, I'll be honest. And I uh, this is no isn't any insider like news. I'm not, you know, clearly yeah. not a shefter. I'm just like texting away, like what I'm hearing right now is Debo's actually right. feeling great, feeling nice. loose. My sources. Sources tell me. Yep, I, I agree. I think the, uh, um, you know, I look. The 49ers have been one of the best. If if, if I mean, we're, if we, we've got a chance to get chalk, and you don't always have that. Which mm-hmm. I, not that I care about chalk, but just. You know, we've still got both one seeds cooking at home and, you know, with an opportunity to meet in the Super Bowl. And yet, and I don't know, of course, I I know we got got texters yesterday going, any Texan hates the 49ers or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, whatever. Uh, um, But, you know, I I think the, the, you know, the, I I hope, I'm hoping for upsets in both of these games just because I think the emotion of of that side would for sure be fun. Uh, But, you know, it feels like to me the Lions need to keep the game close and stay in it, you know, as Mm -hmm. opposed to that that thing might turn on them just with the Niners' weapons. But you know what? The Niners, you know, they didn't light it up last week. So, they're you know, all these teams are beatable. I mean, I I don't think we have a team that's just – 
sitting on top of the perch looking around like pressured by how great and how perfect everything has been this year and you wish don't have that but uh you know and and you know we're we're also headed toward the you know a decent possibility of the most likely outcome of these two games on sunday being a rematch Mm-hmm. In which Baltimore went out to San Francisco, oh, man. probably what in November, late November, it was later in the season, and kicked the crap out of just them. pounded them, right? I mean, in suffocated a way, them. yeah. And 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 what what we saw there was the best of Baltimore in a way to go, ooh, mm-hmm. else, nobody, I don't know if I can match this. Uh, like yeah, and, like this this is what it can be. This yeah. is what it can look like. Um, yeah. When I look, when I look at the the NFC Conference Championship game, it, it the the Lions have been good on offense this year. 49ers have been good on offense. What I look at the difference is other than the home field advantage is if you're trying to like tip your cap towards different sides, the 49ers defense is way outplayed with the Lions defenses and I mean they've intercepted a lot of balls this year. That secondary's been really good. I think, you know, between Bosa and Smith uh, and then, you know, whatever they dial up pressure-wise, I think they can do a lot more damage defensively than what the Lions will be able to do. Um, this is what I said yesterday. I, I think that this will be a, a 49ers defensive win. And, yeah. and, and, and when the Lions have lost this year, what's happened is Goff has been pressured, Goff has been sacked, Goff has made mistakes. And, and you can say this for every playoff game. I get it. Um, and maybe just any football game in general, like the the – the turnover battle, if you lose that, you're probably going to lose the game. I just think the 49ers have the capability of putting the Lions in that position more than maybe what the Lions defensively can do to the 49ers. So I I look, if, if one was going, I'm not picking a blowout, but if one was going to be a blowout, I would think it would be this game for the 49ers. I think I'm going to go, let's, let's do some official scores here, shall we? Let's put it in ink. Let's really put it on the line. I'll take the 49ers to win this game 28-20. Yeah, I was going to say 38-24. Um, I, I just think the 49ers are more complete and more weapons and, and just what you're saying, a little bit better across their front. You know, Bosa and those dudes, although Hutchinson's been really good for Denver. but sure. I mean, for Detroit. But I, I think it's, uh, yeah, the the – there ought to be ways to keep Purdy clean and to, you know, just for him to stay ahead of the sticks and not, not be the guy that's got to carry this thing, but, uh, you know, keep the crowd on their side and all that stuff. So yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'm, I'm taking chalk here. So you said 38, 24. Yeah. Kyler, what do you got? Uh, I think it could get ugly. I think I'm going to take the Niners 34 to 20, even though I would love to see yeah. Detroit. Win I'm with you. Game. Absolutely. I would love to see Detroit win this thing. I, I don't. Yeah, I. I don't think I'm. Like I said this yesterday. I don't think I'm on this side. I don't. I don't really care who wins. I would love for it just to be a good game, but I don't have any ill wishes towards other side. All right, let's go to the AFC. Um, I mean a premier quarterback matchup. Patrick Mahomes, six of six, making it to the AFC Championship game. What I think is interesting that I, I feel like hasn't been talked about just a ton, which. The reason I think it's interesting is because last week the conversation for Patrick Mahomes the whole time was, oh, well, he's doing something he's never done before, right? He's playing a road playoff game, 
But the conversation hasn't been, well, this is the first time Lamar Jackson's ever played in a conference championship game. So there is clearly an immense amount of pressure, and he's trying to wash off the, uh, okay, but he can't get it done in the playoff kind of talk. And, yes, they do get a playoff win, and they make it to the conference championship game, but I I think that you're looking for this win to kind of dust that off because regular Mm -hmm. season accolades has been there. To me, Probably, I mean, he's going to be your NFL MVP again, but that's regular season. And I know I pushed this to the break, so we'll we'll get some scores on the other side. Um, and we'll talk plenty about this game, too, uh, in our number three. But the, the AFC championship game, it just, like, we're not talking about, okay, well, Lamar Jackson hasn't done this. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Solving life's mysteries one at a time. Believe it. It's happening right in front of you, in you. It's part of life too. Believe it. We see it happen every day. Awesome. Horrible. Incredible. This is Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. Welcome back to Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3, double T 97.3.com. Happy Friday to you, Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown behind the glass. Uh, we all went 49ers on the NFC side, so let's jump right into the AFC side. Um, I, I, I think you're going to see a down-to-the-wire game. Uh, this line, I know, opened as Baltimore is a three-point favorite, which I think feels about right with home field advantage, but also with just how mm-hmm. the two teams you know, stack up. What do you think happens in this game, Gus? Well, I want the Chiefs to win. Um, me too. I mean, if you give me an outcome <laughs> all, you know, all day, that's the one I'm rooting for the hardest. Uh, the Chiefs, you know what? what's interesting about Jackson is and, – and, and and I think this Baltimore team, as good as they are, thirteen and three, they can be got. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a pathway to beating them. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is, um, you know, pr- very likely win it, about to win his second MVP, which mm-hmm. is you know, that is hard cheese right there. You know, that's special horse uh, name, hard cheese. I like it. Um, <laughs> and and these dudes are really good defensively, really good coaching. Both of their coordinators been up for head coaching jobs already mm-hmm. um you know there there's all of that all of that's really good one of the interesting things about um and and, and the baltimore situation is tough to play in i think texas the texans had i can't remember how i read this if they had six offensive line penalties like pre-snap or if it was just six offensive line penalties meaning you know three motions and th- two holdings and a chop block I don't, I don't know exactly how i remember but the way it was, the way I heard it, I was thinking pre-snap like noise was affecting the Texans. All right, well, mm-hmm. Texans a young team, first rodeo, first rodeo yeah. for all those dudes. This shouldn't that shouldn't happen to the Chiefs and Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you yeah, because because they've been again. Yeah, I, I get the well. This is the first time they had to go through the road and stuff like that. Yeah, but they've been in big time environments. They have oh, played. Yeah, sure. they, they have played from the staff to the players. Uh, the majority of these guys have played on the biggest stage. You got it. They've and, been a step past this. And if anybody's capable of uh, 
doing what needs to be done to to win up there in that environment it's it's number 15 it's you gonna know. be pat yeah yeah and and you know they they won't be able to be as their margin for error is probably a little smaller than the baltimore's because they're playing on the road and because they're just you know probably not as good mm-hmm. they they have to they they can't be as you know all the, the stuff that sort of plagued them down the stretch where they they looked really you know they they were really beatable you know all the drops and all the fumbles and all that crap and a little bit of the, you know hardman last week doing that a couple of times it's like that kind of stuff you know that that stuff tightens up in a way that you can't you know can't win on the road in an AFC championship game um so their margin for error is a little bit smaller i think um um but one one thing that's interesting about Jackson, like his passer rating when throwing to his tight ends is like one twenty something. Mm-hmm. When he's throwing to his outside receivers, it's which, like forty something. Like it, there's a really had, stark difference. It, and they already had a pretty good tight end there playing, and but they got Mark Andrews right. uh, back in the lineup, yep. and he's cleared. So I I think that is huge. Yep. And and that's what the Bills tried to attack last. They tried to attack in the run game, which the Chiefs struggled to stop for the most part, especially early. And then they tried to uh, target through like Dalton Kincaid and some linebacker mismatches because there's some health issues mm-hmm. there. Um, and then Willie Gay went out mid-game two on top of it. So that 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 does feel like a, a huge piece for Baltimore to have in their arsenal. How, yeah, I totally agree. And, and how will the Chiefs be able to scheme defensively to uh, manage those tight ends? Is, the, is there a way to scheme that in a way to, you know, just mm-hmm. to, to deal with it, whether that's involving safeties or whatever? Obviously, Lamar Jackson's legs present a problem. I mean, even more so than Pat's. Um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. dude ran for 100 yards last week. I mean, he's he, it's, it's like the, you know, it harkens back to the, decades ago guys like Michael Vick that were the first quarterbacks to take off and run in a way and you go whoa now now it's like a it's like having a wide receiver with the ball or something like that's he, different that's it's a not different going, thing to yeah, game plan it's for. not just running 12 yards and getting out of bounds this cat can <laughs> go 75 and take it to the house and outrun everybody and so um you know th- that that threat's always there so i you know but you think about the Chiefs this year the best thing they've done or maybe the most consistent thing they've done is stop people defensively uh, I, I just think there's a yeah, pathway. That, the, the, as good as the Ravens are, thirteen and three, best team in the NFL. Uh, you know, there's a pathway. It's a small, narrow pathway. Can't be can't be chock full of mistakes and sloppiness and all that stuff. But the the, the Ravens are beatable, and number fifteen, you know, is going to have to do number fifteen things for and that, that to happen. And that's what I go back. Like we can we could break down position by position. And and do you know pros and cons for both sides, and how can the Ravens attack the Chiefs, and Chiefs attack the Ravens, vice versa, all that, and the coaching matchup and stuff, things like that. But then you still have a player where, at the end of the day, like Patrick Mahomes, if he has a what Patrick Mahomes can be type day, it may not matter. Um, he's just that's why he's a generational type guy, mm-hmm. yep. is because he's gotten wins like this now. As far as what the Chiefs have been, like obviously already a, a a huge accomplishment to get through that road game of the Bills last week and get to a conference championship. But as far as the pressure conversation, I think personally the pressure is all on the Ravens. Yeah, I think it yeah. is all Baltimore right now. You're the one seed. You're at home. Lamar Jackson, you haven't done this before. 
Um, you having and there it is. Yeah, yeah you yeah. and and so okay. So score prediction from Doctor Mike Gustafson. <laughs> oh man, uh, I would I'll go with a pedestrian 27-24 game. Chiefs. Ooh, I trying like to it. find a way. JC 27-24. Hope I'm right. Kyler, I have the same score, but I have Baltimore winning instead of KC. I'm sorry, Clint. Sorry, right. uh, I have well, it. You're... I have it. I can see this game ending with the last second Justin Tucker game winning mm. field goal. Yeah, and he's a weapon. Both of these kickers are really good. You think about. I even looked. What have you seen? What the weather's like? Is, is there any looked. slop? At this and, point, I haven't looked at the no, weather no. anymore. Is, I, I'm just curious if there's any slop predicted. Mm. Um, you, you know, if there's anything that's really adverse about it, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm excited for the game and and uh, you know, L- Lamar Jackson just hasn't done yet. And again, we're talking about a guy that's about to win a second MVP, he hasn't done yet what it is everyone thinks is about to happen, which mm-hmm. is to take a team Super Bowl and be really good and string together good performances in the playoffs. He just hadn't done that yet in his career, and he's been in the league now what six, seven years, so yeah. he's had his chances. All right, uh, I will pick with my heart real quick and go. Like it. Go Kansas City. Thirty. That's what I just did. <laughs> Thirty-one twenty-eight is my final. This has been the Tech Talk podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety-seven three podcasts at double T ninety-seven three